0: Turn, if you will, to John 17. Uh, Jesus is in the upper room with 11 men, and they get to sit in and hear him pray. He first of all prayed, Father, I have glorified you on earth because I did the work you wanted me to do. Now take me home. This challenge to every one of you is, are you doing the work on the earth that God wants you to do that will glorify Him. That's the purpose for our existence: doing the will of God while we're on the earth. That's what Christ prayed. He did that will. He went home. Then he begins to pray for those eleven men in the room, and uh, he starts praying uh, that for three things. Number one. That they would be protected by God. Father, keep them. Father, guard them. And uh, I struggled with that when I know that 10 of them were martyred. Maybe God didn't answer the prayer. They were all persecuted, they were all scattered. James is beheaded in Jerusalem, Peter's crucified upside down, Thomas has his brains beat out with a club. And you check on those 11 men. Uh, It ought to scare you a bit, says, is this the answer to the prayer? It was not to be kept from persecution or martyrdom because he said, you will be persecuted. What was he praying in that room they'd be preserved for, that you keep them from the evil one that has picked off Judas? The son of perishing. the devil got permission, entered him in John 13. And he did what he did. So Christ prayed for the other 11 men. Father, keep them. Keep them. I haven't lost them while I've been here. Now that I'm about to go away, please keep these 11 men. Don't let any become a Judas. And God kept all 11 of them. They would rather die a martyr than to abandon Christ. So God answered the prayer. Now, today, we want to look at the second request. Next week, we'll look at his third request, what he prays for. The second request is found in uh, John 17, 17 through 19. Short passage. He's praying. Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself, ESV translates it, consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Sanctify these men in this room. Sanctify them. Uh, that, what does that mean? You know, uh, I grew up, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, most of us didn't even know what sanctified was, but it sounded good. What does sanctify mean? We want to look at that first. Unless we know what sanctify means, we don't understand the prayer. We don't even know what he's praying about. Two, I want to find out what mission he was concerned that they do. And thirdly, simple, who's going to do the mission? So the first thing you've got to get a handle on is what does he mean here? And I have to say, I I, I love studying the Bible because if you don't come to it with prejudice, it might teach you something. Lewis Chafer said the greatest hindrance to Bible study is coming with preconceived notions of what it says. Why don't you come to learn it? Some of you You've been wrong on your views for 20 years because you're not open to any new information. I change it. Some folks say to me once well, you change your view. I will continue to change it if I get more light. Right. When's the last time you changed a view? I was with John MacArthur at a meeting, and someone said, you know what? Uh, he was teaching something. Said, uh, you, that's not what you wrote in your book. He said, first, I never read my books, and two, I'm not bound by them. If God shows me something new now, I'm going to believe what I see now. And when I came to this word, sanctify them, uh, these were the concepts I had in my mind. I understand sanctify means to set apart, set apart. And usually we use it set apart from evil, set apart from moral impurity, set apart from sin. And we, we have a whole theology of sanctification. God saved you. And he's in the process of changing you to become more and more like Christ. That's an ongoing thing. We never become sinlessly perfect. We hope to become more sinless. I hope you sin less than you used to. If you haven't, you're not being sanctified. You might not even be saved. You can't be saved and not be changed. He he's in the process. You think all that baggage you brought to the new birth, God said, I'm going to bless it. He's trying to get the gunk out and get the good in. And so we're in this process of becoming conformed to Christ, conformed to Christ. And this is a lifelong process of becoming like Christ. It will go on, go on until we see him. Wonderful thing. Justified in a moment, sanctified for the rest of your life. there's a sense you were sanctified in Christ. First Corinthians 1.30, Christ is our sanctification. And I, I hate to say it, that's why God named you a saint. See, you? they're waiting to see if they saint some of these popes. You got sainted the moment you got saved. And sometimes we know if you're a saint or an ain't, but you're supposed to be a saint. A saint means set apart from the world. Set apart for God. That's where that's where he calls the Corinthians saints. Did they act like it? They're sleeping with the wrong women? They're suing one another? They're divided. Wow, it's amazing what the saints can do. But their status is in Christ, and God wants to change those behaviors in us. But here is something interesting. He tells these men, I'm praying the Father will sanctify you like he sanctified me. The question is, what sin did Christ have to be separated from? None. Well, it must not be to make him more pure. When you're already God, you can't get any pure. And he said that in John 10, 34, that the Father has sanctified me when he sent me into the world. So the meaning in this verse is not our personal sanctification, It's not just uh, break away from sin of some sort. It's different. It's being set apart for sacred use. And it was used that way in the Old Testament. They uh, sanctified instruments, uh, censors. They sanctified animals. How do you sanctify a cow? You need to quit sinning? No, no, no. We took it out of secular usage We took you out of just being a cow to being something offered to God as a sacrifice. This is the appeal of Romans 12. I beg of you, offer your body to God. Take it from just secular usage to sacred usage. Give God yourself that God may sanctify you for a definite mission. The idea here is set apart for a mission set aside for divine use. But in the context, the sanctification of Christ, I've set myself apart to go all the way to the cross, all the way to the tomb, all the way back to heaven. I've been set aside for sacred usage. Now, Father, I'm praying you will set these men apart Because when I leave, I'll have no other witnesses. I'll have no other preachers. I won't have iPhones. I won't have computers. I won't have publishing houses. I'll just have 11 men, tax gatherers, ex-fishermen, doubters, sons of thunder. These 11 men are all I've got after three years of ministry and a 33 trip from heaven. This is all I've got. Don't let them give up the mission of making me known. I'll complete mine at the cross. But there will be work left undone that must be done through them. Sanctify them. Set them apart for a sacred mission. Joe Aldrich tells the story, quotes a fable, that when Jesus went back to heaven, the angels gathered around him. They were in awe that he had returned to the throne. Uh, They knew he had been absent from the throne for 33 years. He lived out here on the earth. And they came around him in majestic worship. And one asked him, says, who is going to tell what all you've done, your humility, your crucifixion, the victory of your resurrection? Who are you, who's going to get to tell this? How will it get out? And he said, I'm counting on them. I have no other. I'm counting on them. It's a good question to ask yourself. Can God trust you to do his will? Can God trust you to get the gospel out? 1 Thessalonians 2, 4 said, you've been put in trust with the gospel. He told Timothy, keep the trust that's been put in you. And as a local church, can God trust us to get out the gospel about his son until he comes? Can he trust you with the mission? He's called us to it. So I understand this word sanctified here as it's used of Christ and then applied. Lord, set them on a mission. Don't let them be detoured, distracted, or abandoned. May they complete the mission. The mission it's powerful. And then he says, the means of them doing that is use your truth. Now, uh, sanctify them by the truth. Thy word is truth. What was Jesus' name in John 1.1? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was being with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ was the Word. What was he to do in John 1, 18? No man has seen God at any time, but the only Son has revealed or exegeted him. Jesus alone let out and revealed the Father, the truth about God. What did he say to Philip and Thomas in 14, 6? Hey, Have I been with you so long and you want to see the Father? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the primary truth that I want you to look at in completing the mission. The truth that I came to do God's will, that I did God's will, I will even die for you men. For if I don't complete the will of God tomorrow afternoon on a cross, none of you men will I see in heaven. You're not going to heaven on the Sermon on the Mount. None of you have ever kept the Sermon on the Mount. You're not going to heaven keeping the law of Moses. No man has kept the law of Moses. We're all lawbreakers. You only get to heaven because he was sanctified to go all the way to a bloody death and set apart. The only way sinners get to heaven is if he's sanctified to go all the way to the cross. He kept the mission. And his truth, the truth revealed in him, the truth taught by him, and the truth modeled by him, he's saying to these men, men, let the truth you've seen in me, let the truth I'm telling you about, I'm going to be sanctified to die for you. Please let God capture you for this mission of making me known. Don't lose it. What is the mission? I see three things, three things in the mission, three R's to help you remember. When Christ came, his mission was to simplify it, three things. He came to reveal God in the flesh. I'm putting God on display. And he said, that's why, that's why he's called the Word. That's why I'm both in my words and my works, I'm manifesting the will of God. Two Mark 10, 45, Matthew 20, 28. I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. And ransom means a price that will unleash you from bondage. You know, when the kidnappers are quoting their price, the ideal is you give the money, we release your loved one. Christ said, I'm going to the cross to release those I save. He paid a ransom price, and the world has to know the ransom's been paid. All world religions are working their way to find acceptance with God. Only Christianity says everything needed to be done to go to heaven has been done. It's only waiting on you to receive it. The third thing is Christ actively reached out for people. He revealed the Father. He paid a ransom price, and he was actively seeking the lost, going to Samaria, going after the lost in Israel. The God, according to Luke 15, who throws a party when one sinner comes to repentance. This is a seeking God, a yearning God, a God of Matthew 23 that weeps over Jerusalem. Now he says to these men, I want you to emulate me in three areas. I want you to be the revealers of God to the world. They still don't know. There's Greece. There's Rome. There's North America, South America. Right now, the Son of God never got 50 miles out in his outreach. In three and a half years, he never ministered over 50 miles from where he's born. I want you to take God to the ends of the earth, and you will be the visible representations of him. Because just think of it. We've had God among us for 33 years, and John, First John said, and it's a perfect tension degree, we touched him and we could still feel him. It's a remaining verb. We saw him and our eyes still see him. We heard him and our ears are still ringing. We handled the word of life, we, we got our hands on him. But, whoa, he's gone. And for 2,000 years, God's been invisible again. We've got the Holy Spirit, but he's invisible. The only visible manifestation of God on the earth is his people. My people will be my witnesses. My people will be the living members of the body. They will give the visible outreach. Give you an example. In Acts 9, Saul is going down to kill the Christians in Damascus. And uh, the Lord confronts him, knocks him off that mule. And he's having a little conversation. And he says, when are you going to stop persecuting me, Saul? And Saul is basically saying, when have I ever persecuted you? When you persecute my people, you persecute me. You're persecuting me in the way you treated Stephen in Acts 7, in the way you're going to Damascus with letters to kill Christians. You know what? We're supposed to treat each other like Jesus would treat each other. We're members of the body, are we not? And what's my members for? Uh, my members are supposed to be the visible manifestation of what I'm thinking. Why did you do that? All oh, my hand just wanted to do it. Wait, wait, you've got, you've got brain neurological disorder. Well, he's out of control. Yeah, but I'm not because my brain told me to do every movement. I look at some of you, you're spastic. Wait, wait, wait. Who's controlling your movements? Who's controlling how you walk? Who's controlling your attitude? I thought the head controlled the body. There's a lot of churches Jesus couldn't even get voted in. He said to the Laodicean church, I'm standing at the door knocking. I can't get in your board meeting. You don't want me. You like to use my name like a rabbit's foot, but I don't run anything at Laodicea. It's the rich, fat cats that need nothing that's running that church. I like to get in. He likes to get into your home. He likes to get in your checkbook. He likes to get in your life. The head, does Christ run you? Are you on his mission or on yours? It's like a guy... Some years back, in a good-natured way, he was just going on with me. And he said, y- "You know, uh, you're never going to make any money." I don't know why that hit him. I guess he knew me well enough that he didn't think I was well healed, and I wasn't. He said, "You know, it's too late for you to make any money." I was about sixty. I said, "Well, I I, I, I agree." When 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 was that my mission? Well, well, you know, you, you, how much you got, now? your business. Well, well, when are you going to make the bonanza? I said, my mission was leading you to Christ. I led him to Christ. That's my mission. Chasing money. Fools can do that. What about the mission of Christ? Of revealing Christ to telling the world The ransom's been paid. Everything necessary to throw the gates of heaven back and let a hellion like you in has been paid. Well, you offended my senses. West County, that talk doesn't bother anybody because we know we deserve not what heaven is like, but we deserved hell. Or if you don't know that, you need to know it. Read Romans 1 through 3. And then, and then, we want to reach people with this message. Those three R's. I want to reveal God. I want people to see God in me. Is that that an egotistical statement? Do people see God when they see you? Paul said, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For I want Christ to be magnified in my body. Magnified, made big in my body. So when you see Paul, he's saying, I would love for people to say, I see a magnificent Christ. What about you? And he's telling these men, don't be picked off. Don't be distracted. Keep with the mission. You're the only ones I'm counting on. Can God trust us to keep the mission going? Now, what is the mission? Reveal God tell them a ransom's been paid, and seek everything we can to reveal the truth about Christ. Now, I ask you the question, who is going to do the mission? Um, I heard Ravi Zacharias this morning and had a great little lecture. He said, the longest road in the world is the road from your head to your heart, that you know far more than you're doing. Most of us are educated beyond our obedience. We know a lot of stuff. We know a lot of stuff. But our feet haven't caught up, or our our morals, or our mouth, our behavior, whatever, just catching up. Who will do the assignment? Uh, the mission, make Christ known, get the gospel out, to be a gospel of grace church. Uh, that mission would never be done until we're in heaven. And I think the Lord Jesus said, I will go to the cross. I will have fulfilled the mission. There'll be no more need for the cross. There'll be no more need for an empty tomb. There'll be no I will do that. I'll cover that. I just want you to be the people who don't let it die in Palestine, but take it to the ends of the earth. I've done my part. I fulfilled the mission. I ask you, what is your mission for God? What are you doing for Jesus Christ? Have you ever been captured by the mission? Um, Christ says, listen to what he says. It's right here. He said, As you sent me, send them. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they may be sanctified, set apart for the mission. I'll set myself apart for the mission. And uh, as I grew up, I don't see much of it anywhere. I may be out of touch, not know what everybody's doing. But there's always this call to consecration, dedication. And these are synonymous terms with sanctify. Consecrate's the Latin word, dedicate. Uh, just, I want to dedicate this to you. Uh, I, uh, Man, when I got saved, I was crazy. When I got my first car, my sister Hazel and I, we went out with Wesson oil, and we just poured it on the car, and we dedicated the car to the Lord. Isn't that crazy? I rolled that car, and everything about it caved in except my head. I rolled it on Highway 4 by Brentwood, and guess what? We still got it fixed, and I kept driving it. I'm glad we anointed it. <laughs> I mean, crazy. here, Lord, this is yours. This is this car is yours. And, and when I get money, when I get money, I just say, oh, oh uh, this, this is yours, Lord. But when I was 15, I was at a youth camp in Alliance Redwoods, and it was missions night, Thursday night. And the cry was, who will go for us, Isaiah 6? Who? Wait, God, can't you get anybody up there to go for you? What are you talking to a prophet? You go. Send, Send Michael. They're laying around. They're not doing that much. This stuff's hard work down here. Angels don't get tired. I get tired. Angels don't need iPhones. They can travel quick. you ride riding these planes. It takes a long time. But all I heard as a boy was, who will go for us? And I said, well, well Lord, I'm better at cussing than in, in speaking for you. He said, I'll take care of that. I'll give you a new vocabulary. I'll give you something else to talk about. But, Lord, uh, I, I've had speech therapy since I've been a boy up to the eighth grade. Because I had paralysis. You you don't understand. You're a little mixed up, Lord. I think some got mixed up. I just said I love you. I didn't say I'm signing up. And I heard him say, all I want you to do is to be available. I'll provide the ability. Wait, 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 wait. But but I don't know the path. You don't need to. The question you got to answer Are you available to do my will if you knew it? There's some of you saying, I want to know it. I want to know it. I don't know if I'll do it, but I'd like to know where it would go. Ain't going to happen, honey. You make yourself available, and that's exactly what Romans says. When you present yourself to God, then he shows you that the will of God is good, perfect, and acceptable. You don't find out the will until you make yourself available. That's why some of you don't know where you're going. You don't have a sense of direction. But do you young people think uh, if you didn't have Starbucks, you wouldn't know what the will of God was. You're not on a mission. You're hanging out. I, what should I do with my life? What should, you're making a mess out of it until you find a mission. The mission is Christ. It's making him known. It's whatever in the body. You'll have a different gift. You'll have different bent. But Christ, I live for Christ. He's given me a purpose and a mission. And I know this for a 15-year-old boy. From then on, I've never questioned. I am on a mission. I am the property of Jesus Christ. Do with me whatever you will. It's in your hands for I surrender. I am available. Have you ever said that? It, it's a definitive act. It doesn't, you would think as soon as you get saved, you would say that. But usually when a lot of people get saved, they're only talking about what they get. I'm going to heaven. I got heaven. Good. Wait, are you available for the mission? What? Mission? I just want to go to heaven. I've had a moving song. i got to read the words to you. I gave my life for thee, Francis Habergale. I gave my life for thee, my precious blood I shed. That thou mightest ransom be and quicken from the dead. I gave, I gave my life for thee. What hast thou given me? My father's house of light, my glory circled throne. I left for earthly night, for wanderings sad and lone. I left, I left it all for thee. What have you left for me? I suffered much for thee, more than thy tongue can tell. A bitterest agony to rescue thee from hell. I borne, I borne it all for thee. What hast thou borne for me? And I have brought to thee, down from my home above, salvation full and free, my pardon and my love. I bring, I bring rich gifts to thee. What hast thou brought to me? Ruth Fox, retiring as a Sunday school teacher. In her 80s, been doing it for years. Marion Johns, been teaching for the Juana's for years. Marilyn Pinkston. Some of our Sunday school staff have been doing it 20 to 30 years. Why aren't some of you young people over there? How can some of you feel good just to attend church and say, well, praise God, they didn't go too long. A.W. Tozer said, anybody bored with the worship of God reveal they don't know God. The reason you get bored and twitchy is you probably don't know him and you're miserable. It's only when you come to love him that you can't get enough of him. Did you hear what I said? When you love him, you can't get enough of him. Anybody ever date a wife? Do you remember courtship? Couldn't stay long enough. I remember Rebecca. She's dating Jason. And she moved home so he could finish his final year. And we were glad to get her home. But in those days, they didn't have cell phones. And they had long-distance rates. <laughs> and all oh, they just could not get, a $300 a month phone bill. And I said, honey, I'm so glad you're paying your bills. Because I'm not paying for the courtship. I didn't know what it would cost us for her to marry him. Anyway, it's very personal. Uh, Have you ever surrendered to a mission? Somebody, the only thing life's about is making money, uh, pleasure, uh, you're next this, you're next that. Uh, Have you ever signed up for the cause? Have you ever said, here, take all of me? We sing an old song. I guess we stopped singing it because so many of you have to lie when you sing it. I surrender all. And you're lying through your teeth. You haven't surrendered anything. Have you? Have you? It means something when you've signed up for the mission. Just I'm available, Lord. I'm just a 15 year old boy. I don't know how to preach. I don't know anything about the future. He said, I'll take care of that. Are you available? Are you available? What have you laid at the feet of Jesus and say? It's yours. It's yours. My money, my life, my time, my eyes. I tell the story, old-fashioned consecration, Hazel. uh, Hazel was weird because she was consecrated. And when I started learning to play guitar, uh, because my dad could play a great harmonica, and Paul. Paul had a band at one time. We all liked music. And everything, but as I'm coming up, of course, I, I start learning the guitar to play rock and roll, and Eric Clapton would be my idol, you know, something really spiritual, and uh, Led Zeppelin. I hadn't followed him yet, but uh, you know, we, we would get around and we play because my dad was so good at singing. He kind of had that Merle Haggard kind of country voice, and he was good, and. But I would say because uh, Hazel, I remembered her way back when she played the top 20 charts and always l- learned the latest music. So I'd name off songs, secular stuff and, and uh, I said, let's do St. Louis Blues. I love the way you play that. Let's do it. Let's do Georgia and she's great at boogies and let's go. Now I'm the aspiring preacher, but I grew up on Lucille and rip it up. Come on, I grew up. On KDIA, black blues. Those white boys bored me to death. That's why I like Presley. He knew how to sing Memphis. Don't give me the beach boys. (laughs) Give me somebody a little soul, honey. But I said, play, and she'd get going, and we'd be doing, you know, a few numbers, boom. And so many times, she would be nice to me, do a few, and, and then she would just, she just stopped. She said, I can't play anymore. Why can't you? I, I consecrated my hands to play for the Lord. You what? I'm over here in Bible college and trying to get a boogie going. <laughs> she said, I consecrated my hands to the Lord. I want to play the Lord's songs. You know anything about what I'm talking about? I, I didn't do this for the bar room. And poor Deborah, six years old, when I took her to music lessons, I would pray over her hands when we'd go take her down there to Fiat. And on the way, I'd say, Lord, help Deborah learn and do this. And if she plays for the world, assure her her dad will break her fingers one by one. (laughs) I'm buying lessons for her to play for the Lord, not for some bar. Some of you don't have any convictions. You're available to anybody that makes a bid. But he's saying, Lord, sanctify these men for the mission, and I wonder if there's a mission for you. Has everybody heard this story? Has everybody found out he's a ransom for many? Has anybody in your life that you're reaching out with loving and would go out of your way, give some of your time, maybe some of your dear precious money, to tell them of the greatest story ever told? If it's not us, who? Who? If it's not now, when? That's what he's calling us to sanctify them, set them apart for the mission. Even as I will complete the mission, may these eleven completed. Who cares if we crucify them? Who cares if we beat their brains out? What were you doing when we killed you? The mission. The mission is more important than your life. The mission.